0: My name is Rick Renner, and I am in the ancient city of Hierapolis, seated in front of the Temple of Apollo, a pagan temple where pagan gods were worshipped. But that was true in Hierapolis and all Roman and Greek cities because they worshipped pagan deities. This was a very large city, it was a military city, and not far from here was the city of Laodicea, which was the financial center of the whole valley where these cities are located. Then not far from Laodicea was the sleepy little town called Colossae, a town where people went to recreate and relax because of the cool, refreshing waters that came down from the mountains. But these cities were filled with pagan deities and people who were really making critical mistakes with their faith, with their morals, These cities were filled with drunkenness, sexual debauchery. These were pagans. They had not been taught the Bible. And because they had not been taught the Bible, they had no scriptural foundation for their life. They made all kinds of critical miscalculations morally and ethically with their lives. They didn't know how to be husbands and wives. They didn't know how to be fathers and mothers. They didn't know how to properly work, was it right to steal, was it right or wrong to commit adultery. These seem like very basic things to us, but if you live in a world where there's no Bible and where you have to figure things out on your own, you're going to make mistakes. Unfortunately, that's the same problem people are confronting in society today at the end of the age, because the presence of the Bible has been so diminished in society. Many people are growing up, and just like the pagans of the past, they don't know what the Bible teaches about very elementary, fundamental things, morals, ethics, what is right, what is wrong. People today are even confused about their gender. But the Bible makes it all clear. And we have a responsibility to bring the teaching of the Bible to people and to put them on a good, solid foundation, especially those of us that are living in the end of the age. We need to know how to minister in the end times.
1: Stay tuned for a teaching you can trust. A message that will inspire, strengthen, and equip you with vital insights and understanding from the Word of God. Here is Rick.
0: Welcome to today's program. I am so excited about what we're going to be studying in the Word of God today. We're looking at how to divert and overcome temptation. It doesn't matter what you're facing. You can either divert it or you can overcome it. The Bible tells us in 1 John chapter 4, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. 1 John also tells us that he that is born of God overcomes the world. My friend, there's an overcomer living on the inside of you. And the Holy Spirit will teach you how to divert temptation. And if you're already in the middle of it, The greater one in you will overcome it. Amen. But I want you to get my whole series, which is called How to Successfully Divert and Overcome Temptation. This is such a practical, encouraging series. You need to hear it and hear it or share it with a friend. And it comes with a study guide. Please order these today. And today is the last day that we're offering it this week on the program. And today is also the last day that we're offering my book called A Life Ablaze. I know that's the cry of your heart. God, I want to be a life ablaze. I don't want to be a cold Christian. Please help me stir the fire in my heart. This book will help you. This book is about the 10 fuels you need to inject into your flame so that you remain an inferno for Jesus to the end of your life. It's easy to read and it's so helpful. Order yours today by going online or give us a call. And remember, when you become a partner with this ministry, and a partner is anyone who financially regularly gives, to help us take this teaching to people all over the world. People everywhere do not have available to them what you have available to you, and how powerful it is that you can help teaching of the Bible go to someone who's crying out for it. That's what a partner does. And when you give your gifts, it enables us to take this teaching to people all over the world. And the moment you become a partner by going online or giving us a call, we're going to send you my book, Called Life in the Combat Zone, which is dedicated to our partners. And we're going to send you Denise's book, which is called The Gift of Forgiveness. It's a small book, a short read, but wow, it is powerful. We believe in these books and we always give them to everyone who becomes a part. Of our partner family. And on our website store, we're offering our new autobiography, Unlikely, at a radical discount. Please go there, look it up, order one. It's a book that you should order for someone else as well. What a gift for anyone who wants to do something exciting in life. They may feel they're unlikely, but if they feel that, that means they are a first pick in God's mind. He loves to choose people that are unlikely, and that is our story. But reach for your Bible, and today we're going to wrap up our series called How to Divert and Overcome Temptation, and we're going to return to our anchor verse in 1 Corinthians 10, verse 13, which I find to be so encouraging. Listen to this. There hath no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man, but God is faithful. The Greek says God is categorically faithful say amen, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that you are able, but will with the temptation also make a way to escape that you may be able to bear it. Well, today I'm going to be talking to you about fleeing sexual temptation. And this verse is so pertinent to that subject. Notice how it begins. There hath no temptation taken you that word temptation again the greek word perasmos it describes something whose intent is destructive it's vile it is insidious it comes to destroy the word taken is a form of the greek word lambano which means in this verse to seize to attack to grip to take hold of and here we see the lure of the flesh to grab hold of you to seduce you and to drag you into some kind of inappropriate action But the verse says there has no temptation taken you but such as is common to man. The Greek word anthropinos, which describes anything just experienced by all human beings, nothing exceptional, unexceptional, merely human. Which means when the flesh calls out to you, you don't have to shake and fear and tremble. You can look at it and say to it, you are nothing. Other people have faced you. This is nothing new. Other people have conquered you. There's nothing exceptional about this temptation. Diminish it. Don't magnify it and give power to it. Diminish it, and it will be easier for you to overcome it. And the verse goes on to say, But God is faithful, categorically faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that ye are able. The word able. A form of the Greek word dunamai, which describes might, power, ability, which means God has put in you by the power of the Holy Spirit the ability to master this temptation. It goes on to say, but will with the temptation also make a way to escape. And I've told you that that word with in Greek is the little word soon spelled S-U-N. It carries the idea of partnership and cooperation, which means our faithful God when he sees that we're in a difficult place, joins himself to us, he is soon with us as our partner. He is cooperating with us to make a way of escape. The word make, the Greek word poieo, which means to make, to creatively make, to manufacture, to fabricate, or to provide. God will make a way of escape. If he has to, he'll create a way of escape. He'll manufacture a way of escape. He will fabricate a way of escape. He will provide for you a way of escape. That is how much he wants you to remain free. The word escape, the Greek word ekbasis. From the word ek, which means out, it's where we get the word exit. The word basis means to step, but when you compound the two words together, the word escape literally means to walk out of, as to walk out of an unprofitable or detrimental situation. That is amazing. To walk away from, to remove yourself from a person, place, or thing that is not good for you. To use your feet to exit a situation or and environment. Today we're going to talk about sexual temptation. If you find yourself in a place where you're sexually tempted, don't stay there and say, God, I'm going to stay here until I overcome it. That is foolishness. The Bible says your way of escape is in your shoes. It's called your feet. And just like you've walked into a bad situation, you need to make a decision to grab hold of the grace of God. Let God partner with you so you can turn around and walk Out of that situation. Your way of escape is in your shoes. It's called your feet. And the Bible says, if you'll grab hold of the grace, listen to what it will do, that ye may be able to bear it. The word bear, the Greek word hoopo pharaoh, hoopo means under. The word pharaoh means to bear or to carry, but when you put the two words together, it pictures something like an undertow or an undercurrent that takes you out of a turbulent situation and delivers you safely on the shore. The grace of God, if you will cooperate with it, will take you out of that temptation and will swiftly deposit you far from it in a place where you are delivered safe and free. Amen. But then in 1 Corinthians 10, verse 14, Paul then says to the Corinthians, who, by the way, were very, very tempted with sexual temptations. Listen to what he said to them. Wherefore, my beloved brethren, flee from idolatry. Idolatrous places were places of sexual immorality. All kinds of sexual debauchery and promiscuity, all of that occurred in places of idolatry. And when he said flee from idolatry, he was literally saying flee from sexual temptation. And the word flee means you've got to use your feet to get out of there. The word flee in Greek means to run as fast as possible. It's smart to run. (laughs) It's wise. It means to escape a situation, to use one's feet to move as fast as possible, to get out of an unprofitable situation. It pictures one's feet flying as he runs from something. In other words... If you're in a place where you're about to succumb to temptation, move your feet, let your feet fly as you escape from that situation. Well, we've already seen that we can divert and overcome hmm, emotionally upsetting temptations. We've seen that we can overcome overeating temptations. We've seen that God has given us the power to overcome overspending temptations. Temptations, But today, we're focusing on sexual temptation. You know, when you sexually sin, you violate the Holy Spirit who lives on the inside of you. That is the greatest defense of all. The greater one lives in you. The Spirit of holiness, the Holy Spirit lives in you. And when you sexually sin, you drag Him into that act of sin. It violates the Holy Spirit. Not only that it violates others. You end up living with regret. You end up living in personal defeat. You end up living in sin. And this is why the Apostle Paul wrote in Second Timothy chapter 2, verse 22, flee also youthful lusts. There's the word flee again. The same word, which means to run as fast as possible to escape. To use one's feet to move as fast as possible to get out of a bad situation. It pictures one's feet flying as he runs from a situation. When Paul says, flee youthful lusts, he literally means hit the trail and run as fast as you can. The word youthful depicts youthful, immature, or juvenile lusts. Which means it is juvenile to commit Sexual sin. It is juvenile in the minds of God. But this verse says, Flee also youthful lusts. The word lusts is the Greek word epithumia, a compound of two words, the word epi and the word thumas. The word epi means over, and in this verse it is used as an intensifier. The second part of the word is thumas, which depicts heated passions. When you compound the two words together, it is intense, heated passions or intense, passionate desire. And this is when the flesh reaches out to seize you, to grab hold of you. And you feel that you're in the clutch of your flesh and you just can't say no. It's so heated. It is so passionate and it is so juvenile. And Paul says the way you get out of it is use your feet run from that place. Get out of there as fast as you can. Then when you come to 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 verse 4, Paul also refers to our bodies and how we manage our temptations. Listen to what he says. 1 Thessalonians 4 verse 4, that every one of you should know how to possess his vessel in sanctification and honor. He's talking about the human body. He says we should know how to possess our bodies. And the word possess, the Greek word kateomai means to control. So you could translate it, we should know how to control our bodies. It could be translated to manage. We should know how to manage our bodies, to possess or even to win the mastery over our bodies. And in this particular case, the body is called a vessel. The verse says how to possess his vessel. The word vessel describes our bodies. Our bodies are vessels for the Holy Spirit, we are instruments to be used for the glory of God. And when we surrender our bodies to be used in another way, it is a violation. And that is why Paul says we need to know how to possess our vessels in sanctification. And on to the word sanctification, the Greek word hagiismus. Listen to what it means. It is complete separation. Holiness in practice. It is from the Greek word hagias which describes something that is set apart, consecrated, and holy. And it tells us our bodies do not belong to us. They belong to the Lord. And when we committed ourselves to Christ, Christ separated us. He sanctified us. He consecrated us. And God views our bodies as holy. And the Bible says they should be held in honor. The word honor is the Greek word timi, which means of great worth, a very, very valuable. Of course, we are a walking sanctuary. The Holy Spirit lives in us. We need to honor the presence of the Holy Spirit in our bodies. In God's eye, our body is valuable. It is precious. It is the dwelling place of the Holy Spirit. This is why Paul tells us in Romans Chapter 13, verse 14. Put on the Lord Jesus Christ, listen, and make no provision for the flesh to gratify its desires. The word provision, the Greek word proinoia, and listen to what it means. It's a compound of the word pro, which means in advance, and the word noeo, which means to think. But when you compound the two words together, it forms the word proinoia, which describes forethought, to think something through in advance or advance planning. This depicts a person who has made advance planning to make room for his flesh, to gratify the desires of the flesh. And in this first pulse, says, "Don't do it! Don't do it! Don't do it! Don't make plans for your flesh to gratify its lusts." The word "gratify" means to satisfy, to provide for. It's lusts. My friends, we're not to do that. We are the temple of the Holy Spirit. In Hebrews 13, verse 4, listen to what the Bible says. Let marriage be held in honor among all, and let the marriage bed be undefiled, for God will judge the sexually immoral and the adulterous. The word marriage in this verse is the word gamos. It refers to a monogamous marriage or holy matrimony. The word marriage bed, the Greek word koite, refers to sexual intercourse between a husband and a wife. The word undefiled means free from blemish, especially moral sexual blemish, which means God wants us to treat the marriage bed like it is holy. It is to be free from all sexual blemish. And then he adds, for God will judge the sexually immoral and the adulteress." Sexual immoral in Greek is the word pornos. Ah. It describes any type of sex with another person outside the bond of marriage. It includes sexual activity by non-married individuals, including both adultery and homosexuality. The word adulterous is a particular Greek word, moikos, which describes one who violates another to take something illegally to seduce another person's spouse, one who violates a marital commitment by having a a sexual relationship outside the covenant of marriage. The Bible says God judges those things, and we are not to ever go in that direction. And if you feel tempted, then you need to use your feet. Put space between you and that other person. Put space between you and that pornography. Put a filter on your computer that identifies to somebody else that you're looking at something you shouldn't be looking at. That will stop you from going there. Put up a barricade. Build some kind of a border so that you put space between yourself and those things that are wrong. And if you have fallen into sin, there is restoration. And if you know somebody else that has fallen into sin, then you need to take the perspective to restore them. And that's what the Bible tells us in Galatians chapter 6, verse 1. Brethren, if a man be overtaken in a fault, you that are spiritual, restore such a one in the spirit of meekness, considering thyself, lest thou also be tempted. And by the way, the word fault, if any be overtaken, overtaken in a fault the greek word paraptoma which describes a falling in some area of one's life to transgress to misstep to lapse it could be actual falling into sin a tripping in some way in how one thinks or in how one behaves one who has fallen failed erred or made some kind of a mistake it is a transgression or a trespass if that person is sorry and has a repentant heart there to be forgiven And we that are spiritual are to do what we can to help restore that individual. Judgment and condemnation is never a blessing. It never helps. And remember that what you sow, you reap. If you give judgment and condemnation, that's what you're going to reap. Instead, take a position of mercy and see what you can do to help restore that person. But if you're the person being tempted, then you need to obey. What the Bible tells us in 1 Corinthians Chapter 10, verse 13, use your feet and flee from that temptation. I'll be back in just a moment and I really
1: want to pray for you. Everyone faces temptation. If the devil's been condemning you for just being tempted, tell him to hit the road and quit listening to him. But the fact remains, you do need to know how to beat the temptations that keep calling out to you. That's what Rick Renner addresses in his new five-part series, how to successfully divert and overcome temptation in this series rick will show you how to use your feet to run from temptation how you can walk out of emotionally upsetting situations how you can overcome the nagging temptation to eat too much how you can beat the temptation to spend money you don't have how you can say no to sexual temptation and walk free from it you can do it but you need to know how in this practical series Rick shows you how you can successfully divert and overcome those hassling voices and temptations that keep trying to drag you down. This five part series is available in digital or physical formats starting at just $10. We are also offering Rick's 433 page book, A Life of Ablaze, where he lays out everything you need to stay on fire with the Holy Spirit's power for years to come. In this powerful book, you'll discover how to keep the fire burning don't delay ordering your copy of A Life Ablaze today for only $18. Don't miss this special offer, This series How to Successfully Divert and Overcome Temptation, and the book A Life Ablaze. Call the number on your screen now or go to renner.org to order. Call or go online now.
2: Well, they will call and say, I just happened to come across this, this man and his demeanor and his, uh, he has such a peace about him. And I really like the fact that he is so versed in the Word of God, so versed in uh, what he's teaching on. You can tell he really puts the time into it. But he's also easy to listen to because, um, I, you know, Pastor Rick is operating in his gift. And within that gift, there is... Um, A certain circle of people that may not always follow certain teachings, whether it be on healing or the infilling of the Holy Spirit. Maybe that wasn't their background, but the way Pastor Rick's demeanor is, and because of his um, study of the Word, they take the time to listen. I've prayed with a lot of people that have been saved their whole life, been in church their whole life, and said, He makes me trust that if I call you and ask to be filled with the Holy Spirit, that I'm getting something that's scriptural. And so that, that just blesses me. And then we talk to a lot of people from other countries. I, I mean, we talk to people all over the world. Some people call in and think that we're in Russia. And we're like, no, this is his state side office. He does have a Ru- an office in Russia. But we talk to people, I mean, I just talked to someone this morning from Norway. We talked to people from Canada. We talked to people from India. So it's not just within the United States. We're talking to people all over the world. And we're reaching the whole world from right here in Tulsa, Oklahoma. It's exciting. I think it was a great connection for them. So many people are isolated, have been isolated, and they were fearful, and they found a place where they could be encouraged, taught, strengthened, prayed for, and people who loved on them and cared for them.
0: My friend, we are growing as a ministry. People are responding to the teaching of the Bible. They're reaching out to us for resources, for prayer, and for ministry. And God has given us the awesome responsibility of ministering to them. And we need more space to do it. So would you please pray about becoming a part of the giving team to help with our ministry expansion project? Well, today we're wrapping up the teaching how to successfully divert and overcome temptation. And today we've been looking at how to divert and Overcome Sexual Temptation. But the whole series is available right now for the last time on the program this week, How to Successfully Divert and Overcome Temptation. This will be great for you or for someone that you know and love who's struggling. You should order it for them today. And it comes with the study guide. And today, for the last day on the program this week, we're offering you my book, A Life Ablaze, 10 Simple Keys to living on fire for God. Amen. And remember that when you become a partner with our ministry, we're going to send you my book called Life in the Combat Zone and Denise's book called The Gift of Forgiveness. We always send these two books to anyone that becomes a part of our partner family. And we use the word family very intentionally because together as a spiritual family, we're taking the teaching of the Bible to people that are crying If you're already a partner, thank you. If not, please become a partner with our ministry today. And remember that if you need prayer, you can send us your email or call us right now. But I want to pray for you now. Father, I thank you that we have the power of the Holy Spirit on the inside. And we do not have to succumb to any form of temptation. I thank you that you give us wisdom to divert temptation and to overcome temptation if it's already tried to latch hold of us. I thank you that we are not victims, that because the greater one lives in us, we are overcomers. I thank you for this. In the powerful name of Jesus, amen. This week has been so good. Thank you for being with me. I'll see you Monday. But please hang on to Ecclesiastes 8.4. It says where the word of the king is,
1: there's power. Thank you for joining Rick Renner today. For more information about Rick Renner Ministries and product resources, visit renner.org and connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram.